Sup, homies. Welcome to the Club Club Podcast. Did you really say sup, homies? James, come on, pep up. <laughs> James needs sup, a beer. Sup, homies. <laughs> welcome to the Club Club. Hey there, welcome to the Club Club Podcast. My name is James Alvarado. I am the head idiot at the Hard Audio Cables offices. As always, I'm joined by our CFO, COO, CEO, Hanner. Hello. Didn't we decide it was just Chief Cable Operator, CCO? Hmm. Is that what it is? Yep. Head Switchboard Operator. You get paid per title, though, so I would say keep as many as you can. Keep as many. Okay. I mean, you could really call it whatever you want, Hannah. Just give yourself whatever you'd like for your title. I appreciate that. <laughs> in Boston with Hannah, Patrick. Hello. And here in Tyler with me, Zach. Hello. I thought you were going to say me for Boston, so I was... I wasn't sure where you were going at that sentence. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty cold up there right now. I don't know. It's cold here, dude. It is cold here. It's December. Did you guys, I guess it was a week ago now, see that Guitar Center filed for bankruptcy? I saw something fly by. Do y'all care? Uh, not really, to be honest. I mean, it's like, I think people are making more of it than it is i mean like companies yeah they're going to reorganize and clear a, like, all the time yeah. basically like the, i mean not all the time but it's not like they're going out of business they're not going anywhere um i mean it's kind of like i don't know i feel like i could run guitar center better than they run it but what would you what do, do differently I, I don't know just like make it i don't know what uh, just make it more pleasant to be in the store i was gonna say and what riffs it, would you ban <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i also would focus more they have used stuff but like they should focus on it more because like people like to buy used gear a lot and like reverb has kind of taken off on that front mm-hmm. and they, oh yeah i think got kind of left behind by that so definitely yeah, it's not really a guarantee when you like go in a guitar center that like they're gonna have good used stuff i mean they actually usually do have decent stuff in there but it's like tucked away in a corner mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. But we were Maybe talking about this. The one here, they use guitars are whatever, but. literally in front of the bathroom. So <laughs> they, they are. Yeah. yeah. But the, you know, we were saying the other day. Uh, you know, if you order a used thing online, and you can have it delivered to a guitar center, and I think it's free. Mm-hmm. That actually is a sort of a nice feature because it can be expensive to for sure. ship guitars and stuff for sure. So I don't know. Yeah. I, also, I don't know. They just a lot of maybe I'm sure there's reasons for this but they seem to focus on like the lowest common denominator of gear a lot of times like i mean they want to have a good thing for like an entry point you know a beginner but like i don't know a lot of the guitar center like house branded stuff it's just really trash mm-hmm. in terms of quality um so if i was in charge i would try to raise the uh the level of quality there although um Sure, it's difficult to do that for a million reasons that I don't know. Yeah, and if you're taking over right now, of... you're you're starting off bankrupt. So, <laughs> so yeah, right. so all our debt's been canceled. I'm there good you to go. go. There you go. <laughs> I think. Yeah, whole, I don't uh, know. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, like, I like if we didn't have our guitar center here, I probably wouldn't even notice. Like, it's so sad too. We have like 
the world's it's tiniest a, guitar center. It's a mini one, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I've I've gone in there a handful of times and spent ten minutes because I'm like trying to kill some time somewhere. And I can't I feel like I can't even do that successfully in there anymore. Like <laughs> it's just unpleasant to be there. Um I don't know why. It's maybe it's a me thing, but I mean I have had some mild success and like I needed to get like a uh input jack repaired one time. I didn't want to do it myself, so I dropped it off there. And you know, that that repair lasted three months for me, so you know, man. Did it really? Did, yeah, oh I, I ended up just having to do it myself. But like, uh, you know, I appreciate it. he tried. It was twenty bucks, whatever. Dang. Yeah. So and I mean, we have a an office, a facility here that could probably do that for you. Oh shit! No, no way. Pretty easily. I'm interested. What What do you guys? I don't call know. It? There's a guitar input jack. They've that's been waiting on a repair for probably longer than three months. <laughs> that's sitting in that office or somewhere around James's house. No idea. <laughs> Um, do we want to talk about what music we've been listening to or just hop right into this album? I've been listening to my Spotify 2020 year interview. Yeah, me too. Uh-oh. And I hate, uh, I mean, it's a great feature it, it, because people love to share what they've been listening to. And it's honestly, and it is really fun. It's really fun to just look back and see like, oh yeah, these are my top five artists or like, these are yeah. my top 100 songs of the year. I have a lot of complaints about Spotify, but. I actually do really, I have to say, I really enjoy seeing my stats at the end of the year. I do hate how bands like will post their stats because I think it encourages the like boiling it down to a stats and, and it reinforces like Spotify's metrics as the demarcation of a band's success. Sure. Um, but that's sort of a separate aspect. We've hated on Guitar Center and spotify in the first five minutes yeah so. what other company are you gonna shoot we down are today? super edgy um, companies i supposedly hate but it's a very interesting money. topic i we need to do an off the tracks episode on this the spotify sure discussion so yeah basically i, I of, need to like write an essay about it first so yeah. i can hold my <laughs> arguments down well that's, that's fine. Prepared. we should do it though that's our first yeah let's do that okay. anyway yeah let's do it speaking of guitar center riffs zachary do you want to um introduce this album i do and i'm very <laughs> very interested in why you said it like that i'm just kidding i'm guessing okay it's i don't think it's guitar center zachary can you please introduce the album i don't want to anymore yeah oh, okay man. so i just felt like it was would sound cool so i said it but I, it doesn't really mean anything in the context of the album okay uh this week we did gear and the headlights drunk like bible times Lights. It came out in 2008. So I guess back the, a year I before. I assume you were in high school at that time. I was. Did you listen and, to it in that year? Yeah, yeah. So I picked this up. Uh, I picked up their previous album when it came out. I just, I think I had like an Equal Vision sampler and they're promoting uh, Small Steps Heavy Hoofs. Quick side note on Equal Vision. Did you guys know they started as a Hare Krishna label? 
to promote Hare Krishna music. No. no. What? I just read that on Wikipedia today. I was like, what? Interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> but obviously they kind of branched out. To that, but they just still do have some, they still have like an imprint or something that's like focused on Hare Krishna, like music. The guy that started it was in like a quote unquote Krishna core band. But anyway, what? sorry. I would like to look up some Krishna core. So. I, I kind of am interested to do that too. Next um, episode. I'm just kidding. We'll do it on, on <laughs> someone else's pick. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think it was an Equalvision sampler or something, and I picked up their previous album, and then this one came out like maybe a year later. Like it, th- they came out back to back. And what I'll say, I think the previous record is actually better than this one. Huh? But this I one, listen to this one. <laughs> that so this one has better like it has higher peaks and lower valleys. So I think it's a good one for discussion, but I love I love them both so much is the thing. I admire your choice there. I really did want to go and listen to the first one too, but I was like short on time. You should. I, I, just I think you would dive like it deep a lot. on one. Um, Hannah, share the tidbit about the first album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, Patrick and I, like in the like dorky selves that we are, you know, like we have a newsletter for our band. Um. We've had one issue so far, but we're about to do the second issue. Um, And after the first issue, um, someone that like subscribes to it, like emailed us just kind of like a nice response. This is what you're wanting me to tell, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Like a nice response, you know, that was just kind of like a response to the newsletter. And it was somebody we met on tour. Yeah. It was someone that had come to see us on tour in like Kentucky, I think. Um, And he, part of what he said was like, oh, like here's like some music I've been like that I really like that I want to recommend you guys. And that album was one of the things. So like we read this like months ago, but then like <laughs> when you were talking about this, I was like, wait, that sounds like something familiar. And so I like That's went funny. back and looked at that email and, but it was the first album was what he recommended. Wow. So I'm going to disappoint him. <laughs> I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, I mean, the first album is, is more of the same, but I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I only listened to one song from it, but I liked that one song and thought it was more in my personal wheelhouse than this album. Interesting. Um, but anyway, we can get to that. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm trying to remember where I was when we we left off here. Um, oh yeah, so I picked I picked this album up at like Fye one time. I think that's I think that's how I ended up with it. Like back, rest in peace, Fye. Um, I miss that place. Yeah, it was fun just to go and like, you know, scan an album and listen to it on the little, uh, they had the little headset stations set up. So at our FYE in Tyler, is that the one you used to go yeah, to? Yeah. Okay. There was an abominable iron sloth CD there for like months and I just wanted to buy it and I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting, never bought it. And then, uh, they closed down. <laughs> that's James. a great story what happened to that cd it's gone i don't know you should have checked the, uh, uh, the trash can at the mall to see if yeah they just dumped their stock <laughs> um yeah but yeah so the so this band they signed to equal vision which ended up kind of being like a death knell for them because they pretty much could only tour with other equal vision bands which at the time was like circus survive the fall of troy um not the same. Yeah, Not the same. like Cheetos. Like although I feel like that's cooler to me. But. Like 
it's not so far removed that like no. the fans would be like, oh, what is this? I've never heard this music like this before. You know, like, absolutely. It, I mean, it, it is kind of in that think scene. Of, like, we'll but if seen, they were like no one's favorite band, those shows. Yeah. kind of thing, you know. That I mean, the like, worst. I just read the first. Just imagine the kids with the first song on this album know? today, and it's basically about this problem. Um, yeah, this album is pretty much about being sick of being a band. Like, yeah, I want to get into that. I want to get into that. Like. Go, go ahead. Keep, keep introducing this. I also feel like it's sort of a cop-out, like, oh, no one liked us at the show. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, sure. also what I want to get at. So I'm hoping that Zach, with his journalistic tendencies, like, gives us enough of a backstory here to make me like this more. Okay. Yeah, I probably won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just they, just, they just got fed up. Like, he even says at one point, like, it got to a point where they spent so much, like, more time discussing you know, like what they were going to wear on stage than mm-hmm. like actually writing their songs or like practicing. No shorts, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No shorts. Okay. But like we do that too. Like we'll text each other. Yeah. But sure. We don't spend more time <laughs> sure, doing but... that than practicing. Like, you know, it, you wait, wait, what is this no shorts thing that you guys just brought I'm up just about? I'm just joking. It's, it's like a it's actually thing. A don't thing. wear shorts on stage. Yeah. Although uh, tons of bands do it now. I love like, honestly. It's I, not I must have missed what Zach was saying. It's like only a faux pas if you wear shorts that like aren't cool or something, you know? No uncool but shorts. What was he but saying? even that would just be ironic I, now. I was just saying, exactly. like, what were you everything's saying? so the layers of irony. I was just now, saying so. that they were, they, so they just, you know, were spending time doing things that weren't necessarily right, right. music related as a band, you know, Selling more on the t-shirts. business side. Yeah. And that, that's, they, I guess they, they, they weren't into that. Um, so that's another reason they kind of call it quits is that they just got sick of being a band. They, they got sick of being a business, not necessarily of being a band. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, Are any of the members like in other projects now? Or? Yeah, so the gentle hits, the gentle hits, which is very good. Uh, that it's the vocalist and the drummer. Um, Are you it, familiar with that band, or did, James, or did you just look that up? I just looked he it looked up. it up. Oh yeah, that that's a good album too. Um, okay, I haven't heard. It. It's just a bunch of songs he wrote, um, kind of in the aftermath of this. We are doing Zach a great disservice here with his intro of this. No, this no, is, no, I actually like this. This back is and this forth. is better because it's, it's better you know, than when it's a one person monologue. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, the, the general hits like in a good mood right now. He, he's. Mm, I was started mood. off in a bad mood, but now I'm getting. I know a better you're mood. getting into a really good Not, mood. So I'm That's really gonna get my piggy back now. Why yeah. were you holding up that chicken? Were we supposed to acknowledge it? No. I was trying to play it straight. Don't talk to the chicken, dude. This is chicken. So much. You have a snake. I have a chicken. What's the difference? I'm not shoving the snake in the. This is got it wrapped around your neck. This is very sexual. There's a lot of tension going it's on. It's wrapped all up and down your neck. I'm sorry. The snake is going to take take that chicken out. <laughs> I'm going to go get your chicken. I'm protecting it. Okay, Zach. Uh, continue. So, yeah, the General Hits is, is actually... I, I'm very into that album that he released, but he hasn't done anything since then. Um, he. I had a very hard time trying to find some sort of social media presence they, for this guy. They, yeah, none of them really It do. was a little bit before... Yeah, because this You're was like 2007-2008. I'm talking about Ian Metzger, the person. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's, there's not much. He's done a few interviews randomly, like just on random that's podcasts this, yeah. since. Yeah, this singer. I saw uh, Washed Up Emo did a podcast with him. So they also split up into another band called Gospel Claws, which I really haven't listened oh, to right. too much. Claws, like in a Claws. contract or something? Uh, like, no, 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 like C-L-A-W-S. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and I think that's really it. Like, they've... They kind of just quit music other than that. So tell us more about Ian Metzger. Uh, the only other thing is that at one point he was 
he started a Christian metal rap group called uh what was that i sent that to you and i can't remember the name of it it's like justified justified yeah i haven't actually heard this i'm gonna pull it up real quick you should it's not like i don't think he's in any of these recordings Mm -hmm. i think he left before that okay but so is he still a christian like at the time of deer in the headlights it kind of seems like he's there's a little bit of like in deer in the headlights there's a you know there's a little bit like callbacks especially like in small steps heavy hooks but i think in this album you can kind of see like a little disillusionment in that um but you know i don't i he never really spoke on his faith i don't i'm not gonna make like very broad strokes you know about this guy's life Mm -hmm. that i don't really know too much about okay uh yeah i mean that's that's during the headlights, I think this is a, they were such a flash in the pan that like, I don't know if it's like that they're underrated or they just never had time to get found while they were still a band. got rated in the first place. Yeah, exactly. I, was, I have a take on that, but do you, we want to do the round table first? The round robin? Yeah, let's do the round robin, but yeah. Should we do it round. lightning round style? We can do a lightning yeah, round. Let's go. That's fine. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I mean, it I sounds like James really wants to talk. No, no, just Zach, something you, you have to say. You have to pick the person. I have to pick. Okay, James. Oh. <laughs> Easy. Uh, how much time do I have? Um, I liked it to an extent. As I was listening to it, I was like, "This has all the elements of stuff I dig from that era, two thousands indie rock." It's like a special sound for me. I, I really like no listening to stuff from that time. You know, because I was young and impressionable. You know starting to go to college, whatever, at that time. and But, like, back then, I was, like, a metalhead, you know? So, like, I was to say, oh, that's just a bunch of emo stuff. Everything was emo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, of course, you, like, realize you really liked it, and you go revisit it, like, man, this stuff is cool. But when I do listen back on that thing, that stuff, I gravitate more towards the post-punk revival side of that sound. And this is more, like, has a folk more of a folk influence or I want to say like that Baroque pop stuff yeah. that started to come out around that time. One of my and, notes was, is this folk pop or folk <laughs> punk? Yeah. And, and I like folk punk, like Andrew Jackson, Jihad or whatever. I dig that. But this, that sound is not really something I'm super into. So, and I think another reason I wonder like if why I'm not liking it as much was, the nostalgia factor. Like I hadn't heard any of these songs before. Sure. So is that why I'm not digging it as much as I dig some of these other indie rock records? And then one last thing before I pass it along in this lightning. These big book of notes things get out. You this talked about how they were flashing the pan and stuff and how they didn't come out. But like there was, I would say, I would argue, I guess that in this little subgenre of theirs, in the time span that this record came out, 2008, there was a lot of great stuff in that genre that came out that, probably overshadowed it, had a bigger budget, whatever. Like uh, Telekinesis, their record came out in 2009. Bombay Bicycle Club, I think that one was also 2008. Two-Door Cinema Club, 2010. The Kooks, 2008. The Cribs, 2009. Uh, Tokyo Police Club, 2008. Vampire Weekend, self-titled record was 2008. Other than that... records he thinks are better than this one that are in the same wheelhouse. (laughs) They came out the same Other than that, Tokyo Police Club, I don't like any of those. Most of those records are 
you could you could put them on a playlist with songs from this album. Yeah, I think three it, of those it, bands have the name with have the word club in them. Yeah, there's a lot of clubs going on. Club club yeah. podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're here to cover it. All right. You heard it here first. We'll get to that as well. All club I guess bands. What I was saying was when I was listening to it, I was like, did it come too late? And that's why it didn't um happen. But then I started looking at the dates. So I was like, well, it's around the same time. It was in the middle of that peak or whatever. That I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't even say that that's the peak. Like that Franz Ferdinand record came out in 2004 and i think like you can maybe make an argument that that was kind of the the end of it <laughs> the end of the cool aspect of the post-punk revival or whatever but is this album post-punk no it's not and that's what's one of my gripes is like i just not no I, <laughs> i'm not saying that genre, this album. please no i'm just saying like i enjoy the more post-punk revival okay. acts from that era okay. and so this isn't really up my alley so you anyway. like you you're at Denny's and you you ordered a stack of pancakes and then and I'll be like, why am I not at Burger King? Yeah, you're like, what? This exactly. is not what I wanted. No, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to uh, qualify why I may not be liking it as much as okay. Zach did. You know? Yeah, no, what you said makes a lot of sense. I, so. I, I, I see your viewpoint. I mean, and I'm sorry in advance. That that's fine. It's not it's just not my favorite. That's thing. fine. Someone's got to be the and heel. Really you know? Like I'll I'll take the reins for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, who's who's taking it? Now? All right, Patrick. Um, I will say that the record grew on me. Um, first listen through, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I really like this. But after listening to it more, I, I definitely wouldn't. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite albums of all time or anything, and I don't think it will become one. But there are a couple That's songs true. that I have started. I found myself like singing or humming or stuck <laughs> in my head. Um. So I, I do agree with some of James's assessments. I also think that like it sounds very much of the era, and mm-hmm. like, almost it almost sounds dated in a way because of like how of the era it is. Um, it's like super well recorded, super polished. Yeah, this yeah. is the lightning round. You go ahead, Bob that's, Hogue of the Atari. That's what I'll say for now, Anna. Yeah. So um, different from James and Patrick. I think I was the only other person that was familiar with this band ahead of time. Um, I hadn't listened to them a lot, but like when you said their name, I was like, oh, like, you know, that's a band that I'm aware of and have definitely listened to. Um, And I hope I don't say this for all of your picks, but this sounds like a band that I would have listened to in high school, like I said, for <laughs> girls. And I did listen to this band in high school. Well, there you go. Um, not, sorry, Patrick's telling me to line up with my mic um hannah's high school picks is what i'm going for i know well and it's funny because so i had this theory i was like okay i'm pretty sure that this was probably on a paste sampler because i like subscribed to that in high school it was (laughs) it was um so then i had like a cute idea of like oh let's do like a whenever zach has a pick let's do like a segment where it's like who was on the cover of the paste magazine that uh this album was on the sampler for so I don't know. I this know will become a segment, but do yeah, you guys want to guess yeah. who was on the cover of the magazine Ooh, for this case? In 2008? 2008. You got, if you guys really think, you can guess it. If we really, really think. Yeah. 2008. That's, I was a... I won't say it on air. Um, 2008, I was eight years old. <laughs> oh, okay, and somehow still in high school. Duo. Was it not the, she and him? Uh, something projectors. She and him. Good job. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, Zach. Oh, yeah, shit. so this was, so yeah, the um, lead track from this album was on issue 49, along with Modern Skirts, okay. Anthalo, Portugal the Man, 
oh, she wow. and him was on the cover. Yeah. So Portugal yeah, so man. this was very much like in my like high school wheelhouse. I and... almost picked a Portugal the Man album. <laughs> Dang. Well, I'll get to make my comment <laughs> again <fine>. then. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I actually I think had heard the previous album like maybe slightly more, but I think that I was like only familiar with like the hit tracks from it, and mm-hmm. like same with this album. Like I basically just knew the um the lead track on it. Um, so yeah, so I feel like. Like, I do like it, but I guess I also do feel like, you know, it does sound like a little bit dated, like they were saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that different from James, I do have a little bit of the nostalgic factor. But like, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I like more emo music, which I guess is like an opposite trajectory from a lot of people. But like, um, I don't like really connect to it in like an emotional way like I do with a band, you know, like Click or like The Hotelier or like a band like that. So you know, I find myself not like connecting to it as much. Um, but having said that, I did enjoy it. Um, no, let's trash this thing. Let's and go. I think like <laughs> what he's doing like vocally <laughs> is like very impressive. <laughs> Like, well, I agree with that. That like it makes me tired li- like it makes me tired listening to it yeah yeah like zach was you know like I mean? oh you should listen to like the you should read the lyrics so, like i tried to do that a little bit like today before but it's like what well, i'm reading a novel here man i can't even get through this like <laughs> yeah like, i mean it kind of makes sense that he was in like a like a rap band before mm-hmm. because i mean he's he's very he's got good a lot at writing to say. i was yeah. impressed by his skills yeah but to patrick well, okay what patrick said earlier you know it was a grower for him for me i was like okay i feel like all the elements are there for me to like this record and why am i not liking it more or whatever so i was like let me go read some more or whatever the more i learned about the band and the more i read the lyrics the less i (laughs) i sort of agree with that i sort of agree with that the first song okay so let's get into a little bit the first song on the album is my favorite song did the sea so nice put the hands on you? That guitar riff is great. But then it sounds a lot like some other really pop popular indie pop song for that era, and I could not remember it, couldn't find it. One day I'll remember it and we'll revisit it on the But when I today I went and read the lyrics and I liked the song less after reading the lyrics <laughs> because I felt like it Yeah, it, my notes were like, this guy seems really cynical. Right. Well, I mean, and like, okay, that's what he's dealing with. But also, it's like, I feel like I've heard this song before. The jaded musician, the music industry sucks, right, blah, right. blah, blah. You know, it's like... I don't have a lot of, like, sympathy. Being on tour sucks. <laughs> like, I just don't... I, I just don't... Like, those lyrics, maybe. Like, I do wish I would have heard it when I was younger. Maybe I would have, like, dug it more. You know, angst, angst. Okay, I'm going to cancel that email. I just typed to Ian to invite him on the podcast. <laughs> so, if you already hit send you can do undo if it's like within 10 seconds it's so not what, it's he's already read were, it when i mentioned earlier like i was hoping you had some journalistic nuggets for us because i guess i was kind of hoping that maybe they're like and this is why i was trying to find the dude's social mm-hmm. footprint like social media footprint because i was like just wanted to see what he was like mm-hmm. as a person because the impression i sort of got from reading his lyrics and listening to the album was like, this is a guy who likes to call himself an artist. And this is also going to sound, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, giving y'all all of my good nuggets 
right away here, but uh, I sort of felt like he had some contempt for his audience. You know, like he's like, I suck. Why are you guys even listening to this? You guys are stupid. And it's like, he thinks his audience is stupid. And I was like, is this last name Misty instead of Metzger? And that part just kind of rubs me the wrong way, I guess. Just like, it seems like. Yeah, I thought I thought the first song was more like these stupid fans don't like our music because they're just here to see whoever the headliner is. But um, I didn't necessarily pick up on anything that was like our fans are stupid for listening to us. But no, I thought it there, was but... saying our fans are here to see us, but it's not what they expected or something. Hmm. I think the first song is more about being the opener for a big band and no one cares when you're playing. It could be that, especially based off what Zach, Zach said. But I'll also say, I, I'm only starting to get my understanding of the lyrics meaning in the past couple of hours. Because, <laughs> I mean, listening to it, I didn't take in it's a single drop everything. of what mm. the lyrics are are actually getting at. I, I, I mean, I can make out some words, but like <laughs> I didn't internalize anything about <laughs> so what as they much mean. negativity as I'm spewing about this thing, like it's still going to be in rotation for me because I like when singing is done that way, mm-hmm. like talking fast, clever lines and like yeah, there's a lot of very really clever rhythmic lines, and ha- for sure. has a cadence to it, you know, and a flow. And so I really enjoyed those aspects of, of his music. Like I was really impressed by that. And it's just like, okay, well he did it. Like I'm listening to it. And it's like, oh, well, well he, he was able to do it on a f- couple songs. Right. And then it's like, no, nope, he does it the entire record. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. just impressive yep. to me. Yeah. And, like uh, it truly does make me tired listening to it. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So much. Like he seems like an, a, an extremely smart dude. But, just not, just not what you're into though, but sort of you are into it. I just it. don't I don't identify know. with it, I guess, you know, it's not the That's same understandable. Point. I mean, you are listening to it, you know, way later in life than I did. So mm-hmm. I've got, yeah, I think part of that is actually like what, I don't know, like what James is getting at. And I think like what makes the difference kind of like, I don't know if it just like connects with you or not. And like, yeah, like being introduced to it at, at like 30 or like, all right. Sorry, what like, age? Just whatever your age James is. I don't really know. <laughs> I think I'm 32. Okay. I think. What's your um, social security maybe... number though? <laughs> what are the 16 digits on your credit card? I've got LifeLock already. So this album... <laughs> was like one of two that I owned when I had mm-hmm. my first car. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe. So it was kind of like constantly on rotation for me. Mm-hmm. In rotation, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think I'm not crying, you're not crying, are you, is great, despite mm-hmm. what you guys are saying. <laughs> no, I like this song. <laughs> I, it's I like my favorite song. song. Yep. Well, yeah. Uh, like the, when that, that riff comes in the beginning, I'm like instantly hooked on it. Like, mm-hmm. And then, so like, the, you I mean the very, the, very first thing that comes in? Exactly. Yeah. It's like a, the math rock thing. They don't even, but they're like, it's it's interesting because they never do anything else. They don't. That's like <laughs> math rocking <laughs> right. again. Yeah. I love that sound though. Like, yeah. I agree. Yeah. First sound is cool. Well, I thought it was kind of cool because I thought the first track and the second track actually like have similar beginnings. But I like, yeah, I liked that a lot. Like, I don't know. Like, those are like two of my like favorite songs on the. Yeah, right, they do have very and then like beginnings. the yeah like super. If you like listen to them back and back, I kept doing that like just to test it and i was like wow yeah. they're very similar but i like that I'm like i don't know that's not a criticism sure so i guess one of my thoughts was like if the first song was the one song about the artistic process or like being in a band and that then i would have maybe 
I would it wouldn't nothing would take away from it, but like a lot of the record seems to be some about some of the drawbacks of it and it kind of takes away the experience, you know, it kind of drains drains you. It's just sort of negative in a way that's not I mean, I'm a big fan of some downer records, you know, but mm-hmm. it's not in a way that is um rewarding or something to me mm-hmm. on the listener side. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I did like it. Yeah, that it, it does have a more negative not. vibe for sure. And I really like the way he says the the bad news part or whatever yeah. in that song. And there were some like rhythmic mix-ups they would do instrumentally that I enjoyed on the track mm-hmm. that um, were cool. And it's sort of like, well, wish they do that more. Yeah, the way that they write is really cool. Um, there, I remember one time Dan didn't have a, a car when we were in a band together and I had to drive him home. Uh, and he mentioned this record of like, this is one of those drummers that I, I like to write like just because of the way that he writes the structure of a song, not necessarily the way he plays, mm-hmm. but just kind of like that, how they, they like will stop, start, like mix up songs, mm-hmm. you know? Also, I, I love their bass player so much. Like he didn't start out as their bass player. He was their friend who had a recording studio and uh recorded their their demos and then they needed a bass player and just guilted him into being their bassist <laughs> but i like there's so many good bass lines on this album mm-hmm. and that's a fact that's not an opinion <laughs> i believe you yeah, yeah what's, me, the, like, what's the one that comes to mind i don't not i didn't really notice that necessarily listening to it but i'm not saying um, it wasn't there i so want to go like, find one right now and listen to it i mean immediately in uh i'm not crying when the bass comes in Right after he starts singing, he does that like do 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 do. Talk about the bass is solid all throughout that song. That was uh, one of my favorite tracks as well. I think it seemed extremely dark though. Wait, which one are you guys talking about? Talk about the feelings I'm feeling. I'm a pass out priest in an AA meeting and the check in my post trying to make a decision. I got those. I'm playing it right now. Yeah. I feel like this song, I went back and forth on whether I actually liked it. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's sort of catchy, but then that form of catchiness, that sort of like jaunty, like... This song honestly reminded like, me of like Panic at the Disco or something, <laughs> weird. in a way. like I could see... I got sort of hints of a lot of those bands from that era mm-hmm. at different times on the album. Like it's, it's like more like serious than Panic at the Disco, but like at moments I was just like, that's kind of what it reminds me of. So like, I, I guess just to back up on the album, like... Carl Solomon Blues, which is about um, how, yeah, how, right? So, which is kind of about Carl Solomon, about like the guy who wrote about electroshock treatments and all that. Um, I get that the I'm somewhere in a New York flat stuck in my head constantly. I don't know about being strung out on drugs. Yeah, and it's. He's kind of just writing about that poem a little bit. Um, that's what I got. I'm sure there's other things that like he's trying to connect to his own life. But so I'm excited to listen to the first record because I went and looked and I saw that there was a lot of fans that were fans of that first one. Yeah, it's a it's a and great album. Of. It's very long, um, but 
it's consistent throughout, I would say. So it's just a collection of demos, right? Like re-recorded. It's yeah. So it's they re-recorded the original demos and then put an album on top of that, basically, uh, which is why it's so long. But uh, the album is more about being a kid, uh, kind of like nostalgic youth, and and then there's a. So little... I saw in an interview. This may be another thing that turned me off to him. Is like <laughs> I was reading an interview from him, and he just seemed kind of aloof and not friendly to the interviewer. Hmm. It was just sort of like he was fulfilling all these negative ideas i had of him in my head as i researched this band right which is not good (laughs) um probably my fault right because then on the washed up emo podcast he seemed fine and relatable and cool seemed seemed great i wanted to listen to the whole podcast but i didn't have enough time um maybe he's just having a bad day Mm -hmm. a bad bad few months or something like in a jaded time of his life too Mm -hmm. that's what it seemed like jaded yeah and um what was i gonna get at about the interview oh he he mentioned that Anything, anything that you could have like listened and thought was immature on the first record, that's kind of been eliminated, and it's more mature hmm. of a record this time. So I feel like I probably am going to want to hear the more immature part, sure, and maybe enjoy that maybe. more. I think my favorite song on this album is probably Willetta Number Four. Oh man, um, let's hear it. That was the only one I I had on my notes that I I was not super into. Really. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't apologize. I can just leave. No, don't apologize. Wow, James. I mean, I kind of that. agree. I don't. This isn't my favorite song, but it. As we've gone through things that Zach likes, it doesn't surprise me that he likes this. Yeah, it. it you know, it makes sense. Um, I felt like I didn't really like most of the slow songs I on agree. this album all that much. I agree. Like, man. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Wow. Like I feel like the ones that I liked were just the more upbeat ones, in general. So, what do you guys not like about Willetta? It feels like a little like melodramatic, I mm-hmm. guess, in like a way that I don't connect to. It's just, I don't know, for me, I don't really know how to explain it. It's just the kind of slow song that I get bored with. Okay. But yeah, I have a hard time with them if they're not like instrumentally, there's not a lot to latch onto for me. Yeah. In the term of hooks. So I, I get, I have a hard time with those types of songs. Gotcha. Okay, just one funny thing. So I was on rap or what? It's just genius now. Just genius dot com, whatever. Um, Man, their website sucks. Dude. It's They're so sucks. bad. I know. know. But so I was like looking at some of the lyrics, and there's one really funny annotation for talk about, which is the next track. <laughs> so the line in the song is, "We're as comfortable as wool warming naked indifference. Thank God your words have come to rescue me from my sentence." And the annotation is. <laughs> It's just really funny to me. Someone strikes conversation with the narrator who sarcastically gives them his gratitude, seeing as how they ruined a a neutrality towards one another. (laughs) It's like gibberish. (laughs) Yeah. It's like someone like copy pasted it into like like a thesaurus. What it reminds me of is like when you're like texting and you're doing like autocomplete and you just go with like the words it suggests. And it's like, okay, technically that's a sentence, but it doesn't make sense. Dude. It's the Father John Misty syndrome, I'm telling you. But yeah, but that's nothing against the band. That's just whoever annotated this part of the song. But when I read that earlier, I like laughed out loud. Zach, you should feel good because you're one of the people that's smart enough to understand it. <laughs> yeah, you, you um, do seem very good at interpreting lyrics much better than any dude, of us. Yeah, so I, mean, I think I think Willetta is about his grandmother dying. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's about a family member dying. But the song Hallelujah on their first album is about his grandfather dying and kind of like his last moments in life. 
And so I think Willetta is like a response to that. Not that you guys listen to that song because you haven't heard that album, but it's about a funeral, you know? And mm-hmm. I had actually like, I'm going to say this after you guys have trashed the song, but like, I remember listening to that after my grandfather's <laughs> funeral and just like bawling my eyes out. Oh, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's okay. That's fine. It's unrelated. I can separate the two instances, but yeah, just like the, the ending line of like, uh, your plot gets covered up by someone who never knows you. And then he yells and that's how it ends. And then the song just like explodes. very emotional moment very uh very cynical though. yeah and it's kind of like you know we talk about christianity earlier and that that's a very you know non-christian way of looking at that looking at death so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's probably somewhat cynical about yeah it. and then and then he goes on to say like we all hurry home because it won't be long until we're in your place like yeah right very Dark. you know time is running out yeah and then it goes into a song about like fighting uh like with your significant other is that what talk about is about yeah wait i thought it was about well, something about neutrality <laughs> yeah it's about something the, about the narrator the narrator their neutrality strikes conversation with the narrator who sarcastically gives them his gratitude seeing as how they ruin their neutrality towards one another to be exact so you talked about you no know, that's the name of the song questioning his spirituality a little bit maybe mm-hmm. Okay, this song so, has something about that. You say I'll lose the Christian crowd if I say things like these, but I've already lost them. I couldn't care less. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he screams, oh, God damn it. Yeah, he says, Dude, I said, oh, God damn about? it. Yeah, yeah you're the very at the song. very end, yeah. Speaking of doubting Christianity or whatever, I thought they sounded like Pedro the Lion at times. Yeah. Which is another band that like had a falling out with Christianity and right, yeah. So that song "Flowers for My Brain," mm-hmm. the guitar part. Some of the way I, it might have been that track, and maybe one other one where like some of the way it's plodding along with the guitars reminded me of Page of the Line. I'm not super. I've only listened to like one or that. two albums from Pedro the Lion, though, so I don't have a huge well to draw from there. I'm not super uh, well-versed in that, that guy's stuff, but I did like what I've heard from Pedro the Lion so far. So, anyway. Well, I mean, let's just talk about Flowers from My Brain. Did you, What did you guys think about, like, did you guys delve too deep into the lyrics of that song either? No, but I'm pulling them up now. I like the guitar sound on that. Okay. Nice guitar tone. I don't remember that being a lyric, James. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just giving you my general thoughts on that song. I mean, I love the line. We're just whistling past the graveyard, but yeah, a lot of his lyrics are definitely very literary. Um, you know, which I think takes some skill. For but sure. I didn't. Poet. I wasn't too sure of what. Like now, we're sneaking out the back door of our American minds, going to leave a couple hundred years of bad tradition behind. I don't know if anyone had any thoughts on that. I mean, yeah. I mean, the you know the the next line of donut swimming in the sea of agitated animal doubt gonna make up our own meanings till the final blackout I, another pessimistic like just kind of sick of life mm-hmm. agitated animal doubt so again reading interviews and stuff <laughs> james's whole problem with his band is just interviews <laughs> i know i didn't read any interviews no no i, I mean I, I, I really a lot of them i couldn't to be honest maybe 
Maybe I should. I went to the Wikipedia and tried to like go to some of the links that were there for mm-hmm. sources and stuff. One of the links was to Absolute Punk, which is defunct now. Yeah. Never knew. Rest in peace, Absolute Punk. Um, one was to another site that didn't exist anymore, too. But there was one I found that was like a weird blog. But anyway, part of the way they write songs, he said, was like, he just yells gibberish in like the cadence he wants to hear. And then, like, oh, yeah, I did read out, that actually, too. Yeah, I'm figures out words that match sy- syllabically, whatever, mm-hmm. with the cadence he wants to hear. And it, it's like, I am impressed that the, the actual lyrics end up so well put together if that's how he's just put for it sure. all. I think I just think he has a talent for that. Yeah. Um, and making it sound catchy. There, I think my favorite line from this album is on Flowers From My Brain, which is that, asked you why you're smiling every time you see me, said I remind you of a joke. I think you actually might be onto something. There's no point in trying to take ourselves so seriously. I do remember reading that lyric, and yeah. I was like, you know, Ian, James, something to that. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> James. James hated that, but no. <laughs> More of that. That's what we want to say. Exactly. So, what's everybody's favorite track? My favorite track was the first one, first two, and then I also liked "If Not for My Glasses." I agree yeah. that that was my yes, second that favorite was track, yeah. that was going to be mine too. Yeah, let's talk about that one. What is that one about, Zach? Is it like a parent relationship? That guitar lead that comes in, yeah, in the first part or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to remember the lyrics of that song. On that, yeah, I don't know. I that song seemed to be like a kind of a moment in time. Type yeah, of, like I know. wasn't really sure what to think of it lyrically, but yeah, I like it's just it a, a lot. B side. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the like piano that comes in to me is like mm-hmm. very like of the era, but like you know in a way that I appreciate and like think is very fun. Mm-hmm. I do like the uh, when they like follow the melody in the verses with the even the drums kind of follow mm-hmm. like the cadence of his uh, singing. Yeah. All right, so that one's making the playlist. Yeah, sure, for sure. It seems like basically like it's just about a one night stand. Oh. <laughs> I suck at lyrics. I'm like, this is about. I'm just reading it right now. <laughs> Parent-child relationship. I mean, the I it's not. kind of hinting at it the whole time, but then uh, when the alarm clock goes off, you will disappear. It's like one of the last uh, lines yeah. of okay. the song. So. Oh yeah, I didn't make it below the. But I loved your ad. face, the way it moved, your murky mouth, your eyelid blooms. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm gonna go to genius and keep up with you. See, yeah. See what uh, new? What's the the genius? Just showing Honestly, me a guitar that, center ad. Like. Like when we did the uh, Namdi episode, the girls episode, like Zach's uh, illuminations on the lyrics and stuff made me like, oh man, I missed some stuff. I need to go back and reappreciate, <laughs> have more appreciation for this. I was hoping you were going to bring the the heat this time. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't. I've got a little bit of that for this one, but maybe I. No, I like this whole album as a package, you know. But I mean, lyrically, like, I think is like I said, kind of in the maybe the last episode, maybe that part was cut. I don't even heard a cut yet, but. I think this band feels like a weird space where like Pine Grove kind of feels right now. Like maybe not necessarily the exact same space, but like, that's like the, not really what I would say, but I, I'm interested to hear why you think that. Uh, maybe I'm stretching too much here, but just like a, 
a twangy southern emo adjacent with a um so they don't have like the heartthrob vocalist but they have like you know the erudite lyric vocalist thing going on i guess for me i think a lot of what i when i associate bands or when i think of bands that are because hannah's mentioned something about another i forget which band she was comparing it to but color revolt yeah yeah to me this band is a snarky band and i kind of separate bands into snarky or not snarky and if they're snarky i said that like they sounded like color revolt and patrick was like no he was like very and then he spent like 10 minutes like honing his argument and i was just like okay i get it wait patrick are you putting color revolt into not snarky he thinks color revolt is dead serious I only know their one EP, but I mean, that's my impression of it. Mm. Color Revolt EP, that's all I've listened to. Okay. They're definitely, they get snarkier then. What bands would you say are like your favorite snarky bands and your favorite straight bands? Or Zach, either. I don't know. I think I tend to like the non-snarky bands better, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I can't think of a snarky band I like. I'm I'm sure there are some, but... uh, I'm just snarky or not. um, What about, like, Parquet Courts? Oh, yeah, Parquet Parquet Courts. That's a snarky band. Yeah, I like. and you like them. So do you just mean, like, people who... They're, like, their lyrics are more, like, tongue-in-cheek and, like... The lyrics are snarky is what I mean. Yeah, not necessarily, like, the The lyrics are sung in a way where it's, like, kind of, like, you're saying something, but you're almost saying it to get a reaction sometimes. Like, you're not really being sincere, per se. You're not just 100% just, like, saying what's on your Trying to say something that looks or, or sounds profound, but may not be no, how you're I think really. more, it's more about trying to get a reaction is what it is for me. Like, you, you know, we've all done that. You know, you said something to just get a reaction. Well, we're going to have to do a Parquet Quartz episode eventually, because <laughs> I think that their lyrics are very strong. I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. So, I'm just going to say... I don't have a favorite snarky or non-snarky band because I just found out <laughs> well, that's, that's how you can categorize That's what I'm trying to get, make, a, make sense of right now, too. But I think I understand what he's getting at. Yeah, no, I get it. I just, I don't really think about it like that. But I, I totally understand the sentiment. And this, you know yeah, what this... if, you're, if you're saying they're snarky, I, I totally get that. Like, they have a lot of tongue-in-cheek lyrics. You know what this... I mean, it's for me, it's just like of. about the vibe that the band creates, you know? Sure. And that's a big part of it for me, so. But anyway, go ahead, James, what you're saying. I don't know if this is a good point. Maybe I should just stop. But for some reason, this band reminds me a little bit of that first fun record. I didn't listen to it. I'm going to delete this part of the podcast. (laughs) I hate fun so much. (laughs) Well, I guess what I was saying was like that first fun record is like a highly regarded or well-regarded record to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I just can't get into it. Okay. Yeah. No, now I feel sort of like, (laughs) I feel like maybe that's what's, I, I feel like, a kinship between the two records here, you know, like <laughs> I, I feel like there's well done stuff, right? It's well recorded. It sounds good. The musical performances are good. There is some stuff interesting with the music. I like the way he approaches his vocal parts. It's all catchy. It's all like right up my alley, but I think I might've ruined it by just reading into the songs more than I knew, normally do or something. Maybe. So Zach, do you hate us now? Just like a little bit, not not a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zach. So Zach, what do you what do you like connect with, and what do you like about this album a lot? I'm curious to hear. It, yeah, it's like I don't know. So you let me go off on a little tangent here. I found an interview, and this is not or not an interview. Sorry, a review of this album mm-hmm. from like like the Phoenix Sentinel Times or something like that. Like it was like a, a yeah, local, they're from Phoenix, they're from Phoenix, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Okay. And they were like, it, the, the local paper, it is, they just really ragged on this album. They hated it. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> The it's local so- paper? Come on. Yeah. They were like, Damn. this. if you guys, it sounds just like The Killers. Yeah. If you guys like The Killers, it's more of that. And it, just listen there to the are killers, t- there are times on this yeah. record where it sounds like the killers though. and so I, yeah. that's the thing i feel like i'm listening to a different album because you're like james is saying it's super generic and i guess at the time this was like the first time i listened to an album that sounded like this mm-hmm. and it was kind of like like I, I, at the time i was in like my morning jacket and stuff yeah but it just brought in a lot of interesting sounds i feel like like the kind of like the stream of consciousness of his lyrics and like mm-hmm. the the very folksy but also like slightly like emo elements that were coming in mm-hmm. um i mean it is a pretty know, varied album you know yeah like, like it's kind of mathy and then there's like you don't agree varied is not the, the first word i would pick to describe the album because i don't I think yeah, it kind of all runs pick, together for like, me at times i mean uh, it does like how that feeling it does melt together but like i don't know i guess just like within any individual song they're like doing yeah fairly distinct things yeah i don't yeah i don't think any song is like just monotone like there's no there's no song where you're just writing out the same thing over and over you know Mm -hmm. okay so hot fuss from the killers came out in 2004 yeah and so they compared it exactly to hot fuzz and they're like it's the same thing i mean it definitely doesn't sound like hot fuss i have no idea like how you can listen it sounds more like the the later killers albums i would say but i could yeah i could see some of the later stuff but like but i think just that kind of like uh, like high pitched singing. Killers is singing. a very snarky band as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course they are. No Absolutely. Yeah. Is no I doubt a snarky band? Uh, I think so, but I don't actually. Really yeah, know. I would. I would categorize <laughs> them as snarky. I think a lot of pop bands are. Anyways, what did you guys think of the last song? I know. Uh, yeah, when it goes to that big part, the noisy it sounds part. cool. Yeah, that was exactly what I wrote. Like the beginning and kind of like one, the first third of it, like that kind yeah. of main guitar line, it almost like, like wore in my ears in a weird way where I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't like this. But then like, mm-hmm. but then like when the like really noisy part comes in, I'm like, all right, this is cool. <laughs> Never mind. I, I, I agree with you. Like when I first heard that song. I, like it's like dissonant, but like kind yeah. of in a like, eh. I didn't like the beginning. Like a not but... cool way. It's like dissonant in like a not cool way until it gets to the noisy part. And then I'm like, all right. Yeah, and I think the reason I like Back the beginning space. now is because I know it's coming, and so I'm like, yeah. it just gets me pumped for what's coming on. Right. I like how it's the pessimistic song in an optimistic album. Like at the end, he's like, uh, "Wait, what?" I, it's optimistic. You said it backwards. I think. Did I say? Sorry, oh, it's an yeah, optimistic yeah. song. Like, and a, wait, we said wait, this wait, was wait, next. It's an so. optimistic song and a yeah, pessimistic yeah, gotcha. album. That's what it is. Feel. You know. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, conjuring up our melancholy. No, that can't go on. Certain our sadness was necessary. Oh, we've been so wrong. He's just kind of like calling out being sad. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get dramatic. It's just kind of a, you know. Or in the words of Officer Trolls, he feels like his depression was just a part of him and that he was forced to carry the burden of having it, but he realized since then that he's wrong okay. about that. There you go. Thank you, Officer Trolls. Is that is that on Genius? You know it. Well, let me look up these annotations. My primary source of this podcast. A great and powerful message to end a great album. 
from Spencer. Yeah, we need to switch to. We need to see if we can get a dark lyrics sponsorship. That's right. We only use dark lyrics. Is that before y'all's time? No, I remember that, and I remember being upset because like there was a band I thought should be on punk lyrics, but they were on dark lyrics, and I was like, mm. you know, I don't think their category is right. Drama. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was. I had never even heard of punk lyrics. That tells you how pigeonholed my taste yeah. was. I was into like no effects and you know other bands like Warp, that in Warped that era. Tour bands. Yeah, yeah. See, for me, that was like, no, that stuff sucked. I hated it. I mean, that's what you're saying about during the headlights right now. So no, they did, they did, they were on Warp Tour, but that's not why I hate. Them. They were, and that's I don't. Were hate they? Them. I had that question yeah, actually. Were, I wanted yeah. to ask that because I was like, oh, I kind of would have like liked to see them on Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. So how we how do we close this up? I think we've you have to do the album. Yeah, we've actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, we can describe the album art. Um, it's a lot of men standing, looking up, looking happy. They look like they're in a circus tent or something. I'm not really sure. They're sort of in the background, but in, in the front is a large collection of alcoholic beverages, uh, beers, uh, wine, whiskey. It looks like maybe a mixed drink or two. And down at the bottom, it says the name of the album. Name of the band is not present on the album cover. That's not true. Oh, yeah, it is. There it is. It's right above <laughs> it. I just assumed that was all that one thing. You know what's funny is I could not internalize Yeah, Patrick what literally could never remember the name of the band. He's like, what's the name of the band? I just <laughs> I drunk like Bible times was stuck in my head, but not the name of the band. Um, oh, my Like, I was trying to was type like, it in and he'd be like, what are you typing? <laughs> Like is it the deer, deer in the, in the headlights? headlights? No. Or because I was I was thinking like deer hunter, right? The deer hunter. No, it's just whatever. deer in the headlights. And then was it deer D E E R or D E A R? <laughs> I kept I I never typed it into my search bar, my music library search bar, and got it right the first time when I was like looking it up. Wait, that so, sounds like a you problem. I'm not saying it isn't. What does the name "Drunk Like Bible Times"? How does that relate to the content of the album that we've been discussing? You know, I actually do not know. That's if anyone has any theories. No, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's a snarky title, that's for sure. Um, we think snarky. <laughs> I, I never said straight. You came up with that one. Well, you said not yeah. Snark, it was snark right? and not snark. I just assume it's straight. Like you're telling it like it is. Okay, so so, so closing thoughts. Closing, closing thoughts, thoughts. One of my favorite albums of all time. Um, just gonna put that out there. Zach, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm glad. Like, it's good to have discussion. You know, if you don't, if you, if you like something, you should be able to like criticize it, and and see that it has faults. You know, like you're my friend, but you're also kind of a dick sometimes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of faults, James. <laughs> oh man! And we're here to you tell know. you about them. Uh, that was just for that joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, I had some other snarky comment to make. That's I'm okay. Not going to. If you're snarky, James, uh, Patrick won't like you. So I, I like no. That's not no. Nope. I said <laughs> I like snarky bands too. It was so the snark versus not snark just came up in terms of comparing bands. Because I was band. like, I oh, think, they sound like colorable. Yeah, and Patrick was like, no. It, I think no. <laughs> if a band is snarky, I don't compare them to a non-snarky band. They feel completely different to me. But I realize that other people may have different viewpoints on that. So, everybody, what's your closing thoughts on the album? Give me one sentence. 
I feel like I've unfairly judged Ian Metzger, and that holds back me having a positive opinion, a more positive opinion about this album. That's a good closing thought. Hannah? I feel like I like this album, but I don't really relate to it on an emotional level, and my preferences for music has sort of evolved in that way. So I like it less now than I probably would have 10 to 15 years ago. I'll go next. Uh, it grew on me. Uh, that's my opening remark, but it's my closing remark too. It, it grew on me and I criticize parts of it. But if this comes up on a playlist, I'm going to be nodding my head for sure. Um, so I agree with that. Like it sounds so of the time that it's going to be on my 2000s indie rock playlist. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be songs from this on there. Zach. I love this album so much. So very, very much. And check out the previous album. I, you know, I, I said that before. Like, if you've been like a second of this album, you will probably like the one before this. So, yeah, my and I almost picked that. Maybe that I should have picked that one. But I think we had a good discussion here, even though it was like it seemed like it was negative, but everyone liked it. I just there's a lot, of, a lot to pick at. So. So uh, who's next, James? James, you have the next pick? Yeah, next week we're going to be listening to... No, next week we're going to be discussing True Widow's self-titled album. True Widow. (laughs) They are a self-proclaimed stone gaze band. Are we listening to the official track list or the James edit? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the official track list. Thanks for listening to the Club Club podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email clubclub at heartaudiocables.com. Tell us an album that you think we should do. Ask us a question or just tell us hi or criticize us. James loves to get criticism via email and uh, he loves to get rude emails as well. Um, But don't send any rude emails to Hannah, only James. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.